We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 391, brought to you by Sleep Number. It's been a a fun week on Yankee social media because our guys Bird and Ellsbury are no longer with the team. That's the big news of the week. Still no activity on free agency for the Yankees. It's moving at a snail's pace, as is Major League Baseball hot stove season. Has been the last couple of years. What is up, Scott? What's up, man? Yeah, the, uh, the I think the interesting thing here, though, is that there's possible news on the hot stove front for the Yankees because they're trying to not pay Ellsbury and potentially clear up money for uh, that would be under according to the luxury tax that would actually affect the way that they spend this year, which would to me change the game and like just open up the floodgates if that actually were to happen. You know, I don't know how fast they could do that, but. Right. Doesn't it worry you that it seems like the their spending on the free agent market is contingent on how this whole thing shakes out with Ellsbury? That doesn't give me confidence because I don't like the Yankees' chances of winning a grievance against Ellsbury. No, but I don't... I mean, look, yes, would it certainly help? Absolutely. They're going to try to free up as much money. I think it's all just... I don't think it, there there is one on the other. I do think the luxury tax is a consideration for this year into next year. Um, and the fact that they would get this money off is a big deal and does give them more 
more freedom to do things. So twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's huge. It's a lot of money. And change. That's a hell of a lot of money on the luxury tax. That is. Now you can add Cole to whatever he's going to get. You can get Cole and Wheeler. Everybody's, everybody's happy in the world. Right. We were sort of in our GM plans. We had to fudge numbers to um, sort of fit in under that luxury tax. If you take off Ellsbury's $21 million and change, that's a whole different ballgame. But like I said, I, the players' union is so strong. Their main goal, their number one task is, is the players' union is to maximize money for players. Yeah. They're not going to go down without a fight. Oh, so hell no. I, I really don't like the Yankees' chances of winning this, even if Ellsbury did see an outside doctor. Um, there's no precedent for this sort of thing happening. That's why baseball contracts, I mean, they're ironclad. And I think that's why we're starting to see fewer and fewer long-term deals because teams don't want to be stuck with a Jacoby Ellsbury, who is, I mean, there were so many articles written this week about what's the worst contract in Major League Baseball history. It might be Jacoby Ellsbury. It probably is Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. I know it's not the biggest, but for what he produced on the field, for the amount of games he just physically got out there, I don't know if you could find anything worse. Yeah, And it's, it's only because they're the Yankees that they were able to swallow that and not have it debilitate them. Right. If you're a team, any other, not any other team other than the Yankees, because the Red Sox have eaten contracts, the Dodgers have eaten contracts, but if you're not in that sort of upper echelon... The Dodgers elite, have eaten the Red Sox contracts. <laughs> if you're not in that upper echelon elite category of teams as far as um, richness goes... You're porked if you sign Ellsbury and that's what happens. Yeah, no, it's a big problem for, for any, any team that doesn't have the, the infrastructure to deal with it and take that hit. But um, it, it certainly is one of, the, uh, one of the worst contracts, if not the worst. But the thing is, the Yankees are going after this, making this a public thing and making it the, you know, they obviously feel like they have a strong enough case to go after this guy and, and the money and the fact that, um, you know, that they're maybe it's just a last ditch effort. Well, what do they have? What do they have to lose? They have nothing, they have to, nothing lose. to lose. They have nothing to lose. But uh, you know, they're making it a public thing at this point. So Yankees sometimes don't like to get into those public disputes unless they feel confident about something. I just, you know, he probably did go see somebody. There probably was a uh, you know. Uh, Somewhere, somewhere he went against that contract. Somewhere he... The, he wasn't even with the team the past year. Who knows what the hell he was doing? Well, they know. <laughs> they, well, they had, the they, they had... You're Cashman damn right had they some, know. Cashman had some spies oh, trailing yeah. he, in Arizona to see what tracking, clinics he went into. They were probably tracking a lot of his uh, his movements and where he was going and such. As far probably as like, going one of those to Robert, doctors. Cr- Robert Kraft massage parlors. Yeah, you never know. Maybe he's part of this. There could be a scandal around Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> that was near Tampa, Northwest. wasn't it? Wasn't it near Tampa? Yeah, but Jacoby Ellsbury was nobody. Nowhere near That's Tampa. True. He was on the West Coast. <laughs> we got to go out to the. We got to go out to the. You know the Redwood the Desert Forest. in Arizona. Yeah. So he. Um, there's obviously some kind of, you know, infraction that that occurred, and whether it's egregious enough for you know lawyers to to come to a point and and say yeah, it's it's you know they go to a um, a, a hearing and it goes through yes this this is voided because it, it was so bad. Whether it's performance enhancing and a doctor, like maybe there's a combo. Maybe he went and found a new Balco out in the Pacific Northwest, and we're gonna uh, find that out. Because if he went to an outside doctor and had and it was steroids, now you got two things. And I know contracts have not been voided because of steroids, but when you have a potential double infraction on that, like going out seeking outside medical opinion. Oh, and by the way, you you used as well. That could be bad enough. And and like there's smoke about uh, performance enhancing stuff. So who knows? I think that it's going to be really tough because then, then there's a precedent set for these teams. Good. To, well, but that's I know not the players' union doesn't want that. But good for yeah, baseball. That's that's 
whether you think that's good or bad for baseball, it's not. I don't think it's going to happen. Right. So football are fake con- football's fake contracts, right? You sign a guy to seven years, and it's really just one year. He gets his money. You cut him at any time. Baseball, you sign him to seven years, you're friggin' stuck with him for seven years. Ellsbury's been an anchor on the Yankees for seven years, and the only reason they kept him around the last couple of years is because insurance was picking it up. And the only reason they released him now is because insurance wasn't covering the last year of his deal. So they released him. They're going to have to pay him anyway. And it was a good PR move. <laughs> Funny enough, the best PR move the Yankees have made in a while was cutting bait with Ellsbury. Everyone was on the same page. They were all happy. Like, oh my God, finally, Ellsbury's gone. And... Now we have this. I almost, I mean, obviously I would like the Yankees to get out from under the $21 million because it would help with the luxury tax. But I almost just wish you say, goodbye, good riddance, Jacoby Ellsbury. Let's not friggin' talk about it anymore. I mean, it will always be talked about. The guy would be making, what is it, $21 million for another season where he's going to go try and play some, that's what he keeps saying, which I think is hilarious. But, um... It's like what um what's his name did last year, Tulowitzki, where the the Blue Jays were paying him his full salary yes. and the Yankees just picked him up for for league minimum. So a team, if Ellsbury thinks he can get back on the field, a team might sign him for league minimum to see what he can do. Here's the thing. I want him to be stripped of this money badly. I think it would be hilarious. I know that it's not his fault for making this money. In fact, the Yankees gave him the contract. Good for him for getting that contract when he did and how long he did. Personally, good for him. As a fan, F you, I don't care uh, that whose fault it was. I just don't want you to get that money next year because you're a dick. You're a dick that came over from the Sox. Why is he a dick? Because I don't like him. I never did. I never never will. I never well, have. I never wanted to see that. What don't you like about Jacoby Ellsbury? Because I know nothing about Jacoby Ellsbury other than he gets injured every five minutes. That's it. That's no, all no, no. we know. I don't know him. There's any... nothing to dislike about his personality. I He's don't... An, he was an average baseball player that signed a ridiculous contract and was injury prone. So, I so blame where we are with the him, Yankees for that? Uh, it's no doubt that's their fault, absolutely. But the only thing I know about him was from what he was on the Red Sox. So that's why I don't like him. So those he are turned the, one MVP caliber yes. season, which was shady as hell. He's, he's if you a look Boris at his guy, statistics. Right? He's a Boris guy. He turned one season in which he hit thirty home runs. Yeah, it was miraculously a hit it was thirty a home runs. Season. Let's all just be honest with what it was. Look this at the players who were on the on that team at the time. It was a steroid season. This isn't Brett Gardner hitting 28 home runs in the juice ball season. This is Jacoby Ellsbury. This hitting. is Brady Anderson hitting, you know, however many mashers. Like, what do well, you have, like Brady Anderson hit 55, yeah. but so 30 isn't quite 55, Close but it was still out of, out of, uh, out of nowhere for Ellsbury, who was like a seven, eight, nine home run hitter at Fenway park. Not a good left-handed hitters, pull left-handed hitters, home run park. And all of a sudden, he hits 30, and he steals a ton of bases. He had a couple of seasons where he stole like 60 or 70 stolen bases. So I get it. Like, the talent was there. It's just he was always injured. And when, when he came to the Yankees, he was just like at at his best with the Yankees. He was just bleh, like, eh, okay. You know what's funny is There's that Ellsbury. I, there was a clip going around. Or I, I saw it somewhere of the initial press conference when he got announced. And that's the that, I feel like that's the last time I've heard him talk. When I when he was First talking, I was like, that's weird because I don't remember how he, what he sounds like. And now I'm hearing him talk, and it's strange hearing him talk. It's like a it's like a Twilight Zone episode. And uh, and yeah, I don't remember he, he, hearing him talk since then. So nope. he's he had just one like controversial a no- point he's with a, the he's Yankees. A nothing. 
2015 wildcard game, he was benched against Dallas Keuchel. Yes. And that was when he dodged the media after the game. That was like the only time that he ever did anything that someone could complain about other than not produce and not get on the field. But from like a personal and off-the-field standpoint, in the clubhouse standpoint... He hit a home run in that, in that comeback uh, game against Baltimore in uh, 2000 with, with Matt Holiday. Was that 2017? Oh, the regular season, 2018. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking. I'm looking for anything. So he hit a home run. That was an April game or something. It was April. Weird. It was yeah, very much April. So (laughs) so Jacoby Ellsbury hit a a big April. He was part of that. Yeah, he was part of that comeback. He was part of that comeback. I think it was. He DH'd a couple of games in the 2017 playoffs. I mean, what a worthless. Wasn't he the DH in the 2017 wild card game? I think he was the DH in the 2017 wild card game. He was a worthless. POS. The guy he is produced just nothing. In in his seasons with the Yankees, he made $158 million, maybe minus $26 million. We'll see. 520 games, a 716 OPS and 9.8 war. Yeah. For 150-ish million dollars. Absolute. And which was a reaction, worst. which was a clear re- overreaction and oversigning for losing Cano. And then they gave him Cano's number, number 22. I, I was talking on Twitter this week about how finally we can have someone respectable again wear 22 because 22 is a good number. Like if you have a number 22 jersey, no name on the back, Jimmy that Key. can be Jimmy Roger Key. Clemens, Jimmy Key, Robinson Cano. That can be a good jersey to have. Not Ellsbury. No one wants a friggin' Jacoby Ellsbury number 22. A lot of those double digits. I, I, uh, I commented under your tweet, the we got 22, 11 is going to be opening up at some point, whether it's used or not. Um, but that still isn't hasn't happened, which is a little strange to me. Why it hasn't happened yet? I figured those two would have, you know, been uh, already at an agreement point. Um, but 22, 33, the next guy that got released this year. 33 has been a historic Yankees number over the last 20 years of just fan favorites wearing it. David Wells, Nick Swisher. Who else am I forgetting? I'm forgetting a couple of other number 33s. Swisher was, uh, I mean, he was probably the most fun that's ever worn 33. It's a big difference when you go from Nick uh, how Swisher. Do you get, how do you get more to, fun than, than Boomer? To Greg Bird. Well, yeah, yeah. But on the field, off the field, Swisher was the uh, was the guy. But going from Swisher and then having uh, Greg Bird, very, very different personalities. <laughs> One of them's just moping around the tunnel, you know, head down, no confidence. <laughs> We're going to get to all your crazy theories about Greg Bird. I want to talk, this. the Ellsbury stuff, though, brings me to uh, what I'm going to call the listener tweet of the week from Evan Pareka at easy E underscore van. He says a key characteristic about being a Yankees fan is hating five to six Yankees at a time and arguing who those guys should be. Jacoby is the first to go unanimous in the class of hated Yankees. And it really was when the Yankees announced their 40 man roster changes and Ellsbury was finally released. I did not see one Yankees fan complaining about that. Everyone was on the same page and that's rare. (laughs) For the last couple of years, and this of being one cuts. A this one cuts online. so deep. Like if you're not agreeing with this and like overjoyed and shocked, also at the same time a little bit, because I guarantee you most of the people didn't realize that the insurance wasn't covering the last year. So we all thought that it was going to happen again until you see that the insurance wasn't covering it, and it makes a lot more sense. And now they're just trying to do everything they can to get out from under it. Um, but but yeah, it's a uniting it's a uniting storyline because it's deep. It cuts deep, and I'm telling you. The fact that the roots started with the Red Sox, then this guy came over and did absolutely nothing, and uh, that's that's very much, very much builds into the narrative of why everybody hates 
uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, to a very much and smaller degree, Stephen Drew had that that little bit of that element as well, where he was just a put them in different hate categories, he, different hate categories, because Stephen Drew was actually on the field sucking, right. just horrible, <laughs> right. but also had those Red Sox roots too that made you just like a little bit more knife in the back, like you know what we traded for this guy, like they don't ever trade, we traded for this piece of shit, and he's now coming up and playing and staying on the field instead of Rob Snyder. There's very different hate categories when a guy is on the field and not producing, and for whatever reason, the manager keeps penciling his name into the lineup every night. That is infuriating. Right. Then, it's, there's especially Jacoby when there's Ellsbury. no like, there's no hope for the future. It's not like the guy's a long stay on your team. Why are we doing? You're this? not fight. You're not sticking by a guy who's a veteran who is just going through a slump, and you know will bust out of it. No. That's not what Stephen Drew was. No. It was. It was just pointless to have him out there. But then there's Jacoby Ellsbury who is never on the field, and then the rare currency is on the field, doesn't produce, and then he goes away again, and you don't hear about him for months at a time, and then it's like some beat reporter will tweet, oh, Jacoby Ellsbury is starting baseball activities next week, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Jacoby Ellsbury and his $21.8 million on, on the luxury tax books. So these are very different hate categories. Definitely. And, and you know, I think everybody and would then, cringe and look the other way and be like, why is he there? Anytime they would hear... Rumors of Ellsbury's around the team facilities, you know, hanging yeah, out. Get him away. Get him Tampa, away. If they go to play the Tampa Bay, they're like, Jacoby Ellsbury also in town. Like, remember no, no, that no. series? They can got we, swept and we a bunch please... of weird stuff happened? Yes. Jacoby Ellsbury. He showed up for that three-game series. He was in the clubhouse. And then there's balls hitting off rap- rafters. I think that was the series in which Clint Frazier hit it off the speaker. That would have been run, a, yeah. a go-ahead home run. run. Mm-hmm. I think the, so too. the power, the power was going out. Well, the, I mean, the, that's the curse of no, but it's the curse of Jacoby Ellsbury. I'm not, I'm not saying that stuff would have happened if Jacoby Ellsbury didn't, but I'm not not saying that. Yeah, it's no, I think the, the too whole much of a coincidence that that stuff all happened. There was a lot of bad things that happened that that weekend, and um, I don't know about the the the, uh, the power going out because that place, you know, it's it's, it's a dump. You know, the power goes out. I'm not sure Ellsbury has that. I'm not. I'm not here to give him that much power, no pun intended. But there's there's a lot of things that were circumstantial that were very uh, coincidental for that weekend, and then and, and him surrounding it. I saw a lot of people talking about worse Yankees contracts, and obviously Ellsbury. Then they also brought up Carl Pavano, Pavano who, in the grand scheme of things, Pavano's was a thirty-nine and a half million dollar contract, and the whole reason that Pavano started acting like a dick was because it wasn't. And even $40 million. He got pissed off over that half million bucks that the Yankees didn't give him. He's like, oh, I wanted to get $40 million, but it's only $39.5 million. So $39.5 million is chump change compared to $158 million for Jacoby Ellsbury. But Pavano was an actual dick off the field. <laughs> yeah. So you can hate him for a whole other reason other than why you hate Ellsbury. Kayagawa, another guy that, that came over with, with uh, some hype that they gave a ton of money to. Listen, and they paid Kayagawa, a lot for him. And was Kayagawa gone. was dominant for the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. I saw him pitch. I've told this story before. I saw him pitch in Pawtucket against the, the AAA Red Sox team. He was out there, six innings, probably seven hits, four runs. It was, it was, it was a great performance for— Four runs? <laughs> <laughs> the the um I mean what was he topping out at like eighty seven miles eighty seven miles an hour on his fastball yeah. eighty five on his changeup mixing speeds had guys off balance what a disaster that was yeah there were a lot of those disasters so you see some bad contracts but by far by far Ellsbury's there and it's all because they didn't want to I mean think about this they could have given Cano that money and they could have given Cano that contract 
And it would have been better for the team on the field. They, there would have been that, uh, you know, the, the smoke about the steroid stuff was, was definitely there. I don't know if the Yankees knew about it beforehand or not. It's possible that they did. But that would have been another cloud over the Yankees' head for signing Robinson Cano to another long-term contract and then dealing with that on the back end. So if you if you were saying, like, okay, in that offseason, Cashman's got to sign one or the other because that's what time – that's what history has told us. He either signed Ellsbury or Cano got that money too. Which is which is better, which is worse? I, I guarantee everybody would say Cano they would rather have and then deal with the steroid thing afterwards because Ellsbury was just pointless and Cano was our guy. But it's still, that's a big deal too. Like that was a big cloud. And the fact that, you know, he got popped and you um, just wasn't wasn't the same player for a, a while and, and has now gone to the Mets. So, well, the Yankees offered Cano $175 million. That was their top offer to him. Right. And then he obviously signed with the Mariners for 200 and do you remember the exact number? I don't know, but the Yankees 200 had, plus. it was the extra year and the Yankees. 220 or something Yankees like that. Yankees gave him more AAV. I remember that. But I think three fewer years. Yeah, but each each year was pay, he was getting paid more. So then they took the $175 million and then went to the next guy on the market. And right. then just immediately, it was within, I want to say, 48 hours, they had Jacoby Ellsbury signed. So this was, it was, you will never not convince me it was an overreaction to Cano signing with the Mariners. Somebody, Cashman, Steinbrenner, somebody was pissed off and said, you need to get, Fans back on our side. You need to sign someone big. We need to have a press conference. It's exactly what that signing was, and it couldn't have backfired more. So I think part of it was that, but also, I mean, with the with the time frame in which it happened, obviously they did their 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 uh, their homework. Obviously they met with the the player or, or well, yeah. the, the people. So they had they had a, a plan. Whether if they could sign Cano, then they're obviously going in that route. But if Cano didn't sign it, they had somebody ready to go at that point. So when you call it an overreaction. Because of the timing, like I don't see the overreaction based on the timing. I see it as they were just looking to spend mo- that much money on a big guy, and the two guys that they had labeled was Cano and then Ellsbury was the other guy. It was just a mistake on the other guy, but they were going to spend that money. Do you remember how much the Red Sox offered Ellsbury? No, I don't. $55 million. Because yeah, they knew. The Yankees topped them by $100 million. What kind of negotiating is that? It's pretty bad negotiating. <laughs> I mean, who else was in the market for Ellsbury? I think he would have signed for half of what, $75 million. It was just, it was bizarre all around. The holiday season is here. How do you thrive during the holiday season? How do you balance sleep, holiday planning, and making time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for the special people in your life? The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed helps everyone get the proven quality sleep that will change their life. Sleep number beds allow you to adjust on each side to your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your every movements and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. With Sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping so you can know every morning how well you've slept and gain insights for your best sleep. That sounds awesome. That's something everyone should get. Improve your sleep. I also definitely recommend the pillows. Sleep Number has sent Scott and I some of these pillows. They have three inserts in them. So if you like the pillow thin, medium, or thick, you can do whatever you want with that. And if you like them thinner, well, guess what? Bonus pillow. Boom. Come in, experience the smart 
effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 smart bed during the ultimate Sleep Number event. Save an incredible 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed for a limited time only. Only at Sleep Number at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 600 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find one near you at sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. Again, sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. All right, we've got, we talked about some events last week, but uh, we've got some dates set. So March 14th weekend, we're going to be in spring training in Tampa. We've got an event on the Saturday game. Why don't you tell people about that event? Yeah, so similar to what we did last year, guys, we have um, we have a good amount of tickets ready to go for this thing. It's uh, March 14th weekend. And again, this is the weekend where the Yankees have home games pretty much. It's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think there's something on Thursday too, actually. But they have uh, this is the weekend to go down to spring training. So if you are going down uh, to Tampa this year and you're planning on it, I would, uh, I would highly recommend coming down this weekend. We're going to have on Saturday, we'll be up in the bullpen club. Um, and uh, tickets are on the website right now. They are for sale, so go grab them. We have, look, we have a limited, there's only a limited amount of space up there, so we have to we have to cap the tickets um, at basically at 100 tickets. So last year we did about 80, some people I expect it to be, you know, significantly more this year. So I would, uh, I would go out and get those and make sure that um, you lock them in. We also have more of our team going down from as far as writers and things like that too. So a lot of those tickets are, are already spoken for. Um, so go down and, and grab those tickets from the fan shop. Again, this, the deal is going to be um, all you can eat. It's a, a game ticket, all you can eat buffet and the buffet is really good. It's a nice spread and all you can drink domestic beers and then soda, water, all that stuff too. All up in the uh, the bullpen club, which is the the top area on the first baseline. So they're really really good seats. Um, they have seats. Seats are kind of first come first serve, but there's a big standing room area. A lot of standing room. Yeah, yeah. and the the and seats are let's all be honest. On the wall. You're there. You're there to eat and drink and hang out. You're not necessarily there to yeah. watch the baseball. Yeah, we'll see some baseball. There'll, there'll, there'll be some there'll be some game action, but it's yeah. um it's good because you have uh, there's some areas where you can kind of get away from the sun a little bit. You can get anything you want. The buffet is open practically all game. I, I don't remember when they closed it down. Maybe the seventh inning, eighth inning, but it was open for a while, um, and had really good food. They they try to you know make the uh, the spread very very nice. I remember they had like um, por- pulled pork sliders or something mm-hmm. last year. It was one of like their featured things. Yeah, really they good. have uh, like a lot of traditional ballpark food, and then there was the pulled pork sliders were the new addition yeah. last year. Yeah, chicken. I think there was pulled pork and pulled chicken sliders in addition to hot dogs, sausages, peanuts, cracker jacks, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, so um, it's a good time, and uh, the I I got to look at the price. I don't remember what we had it at, but it's uh, it was around eighty bucks. I think I got to put it up because I'm putting it up uh, the the event today. Um, so again, you're getting the game ticket, all you can eat. It's it's a huge deal. Like we're pretty much just giving it to everybody at cost. The all you um, can drink domestic beer alone is worth the eighty dollars because you go yeah. go to a baseball game. And I know Steinbrenner Field for spring training isn't as is, as expensive. It's not cheap as a, as Yankee Stadium, but it's not cheap either to buy some beer. Yeah, I mean, looking at when you look at the uh, the tickets on the aftermarket as well, buying tickets to spring training. You're easily spending a hundred bucks, like pretty quick. It's not. It's not for cheap a weekend game. Yeah. For a weekend game in spring training, home weekend game, you're gonna spend at least. I don't know about a hundred. You're gonna spend at least fifty dollars to get in the stadium. I remember the Yankees Red Sox game. We couldn't find a ticket under hundred. That bucks. was the Yankees. That was Yankees Red Who Sox. Who gives a shit? It's spring training. It's the same thing as anything. Any People are team. stupid. People are stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's just funny how that how that that draw happens. But um, but you're gonna spend fifty bucks regardless to get in the stadium. Well, then you're gonna buy. Fifty dollars worth of food and beer. So, yeah. 
it's an outstanding deal. It really is. And, and it's a lot of fun. So we had a really good time last year and we're going to do some stuff around that as well. Uh, we'll have more announcements as far as what we're going to be doing that weekend, but we have a, a bunch of things going on that weekend that we're going to be down there. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, would you say there's our fifth year down, down in, uh, in Tampa? This will be our fifth year. Yeah. Our fifth first, year. the first year was just the two of us. Yep. Was the second year just the two of us too, or did we have a third person come? I don't remember. I don't First remember what two happened years year might have been just the two that. of us. Tommy, Tommy though hung out with us the second. Tommy year, was a game changer. Tommy, Tommy saved our lives a couple times, and then we in turn saved. Tommy's his life. not in Tampa anymore. Tommy's in Chicago. If you're listening, Tommy, what's yeah, up? So hopefully he uh, he needs to make it down on that weekend and revisit the old glory days. Um, all right, so that's ta- so that's spring training. the uh, The first two games were also announced for the uh, the BP Crew event. And guys, we got some really good games this year. I'm very excited about them. They're premium games uh, that the Yankees gave us. Uh, Saturday, um, Saturday, May 9th is against the Boston Red Sox. This is a Saturday Red Sox game that, you know, for group tickets, they don't give away those games. They just, they usually put you on a Friday because they're going to sell them anyway. So a premium game um, that is up on the website for Saturday, May 9th for the Red Sox. That's going to be most likely, we don't have game times yet, but it's probably going to be a four o'clock or even a seven o'clock night night game. So we'll be able to do something ahead of time uh, for that. Which is which is uh, which is fun. So we'll do some kind of a an event pregame beforehand. We're working on full disclosure. We're working on some uh, some tailgate options right now. Oh, we'll you see what happens. You wanna you wanna let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, because huh? if there's other people out there who uh, who who can help in that regard in any way, <laughs> get in touch with us, please, because we're we're definitely looking for the best location. We have Does a couple. Anyone of prospects. have a big parking lot? Yeah, we need a big five minutes of, of the Bronx Stadium um, <laughs> in the Yankee Stadium. Then the next one that we're uh, that that's put out is uh, June twenty sixth. Also very excited for this one. This is a Friday night game. This is versus the Chicago Cubs. You know, obviously the Cubs don't come into town very often. This is going to be awesome. Um, they, and they don't give these away for uh, for group tickets or they don't make them available. We got it Friday night, June 26th versus the Chicago Cubs. I'm pumped up for this one. <clears throat> yes, and the, the rest of the events will be announced um, down the road. But there are more events, July, August. And we're also thinking about doing a, a road trip maybe in September. So, Mr. Bird, Mr. March himself, Greg Bird is... DFA'd doesn't mean his time with the Yankees is over because no one could pick him up. But we kind of talked about this in our GM plans. It just doesn't make sense to pay him the $1.3 million that they were going to have to pay him in arbitration to keep him. A guy who, other than Ellsbury, is the most unreliable person on planet Earth for the Yankees. You know, how are you going to give a guy the $1.3 million to come in and be your, what, fourth? Potentially fourth best first base option because now you have other options other guys well, have see, stepped that, up you just hit the pro, you just hit the nail on the head the problem with greg bird the potential but but that's the thing potentially he's their best first baseman but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because now there are other guys that have shown potential that have come in there and actually given us production on the field i look at mike ford single just single out mike ford now you have a guy who can play first base who can hit the ball out of the park and is a left-handed bat Got all the all the um, intangibles that you want. Stays on the field. Is a freaking hoss, <laughs> and 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 can actually also has proven already now that he can pinch hit and hit home runs as well. So this guy has an incredible value, very similar to what you would get with Greg Bird at, at at you know full health and and maybe he's playing well and you get the production of of a Mike Ford because I don't even think we can talk about anymore the potential of him playing every day and and being like 
an all-star caliber first baseman. Like that's not even in the realm of possibility. That's not even in a, in a potential. No, uh, that was the reason anymore. that people were so enamored with Bird in 2017 and 2018 and 2019. Less right. so 2019. Well, really, I think the the biggest disappointment was 2018 because 2016 he had the shoulder. 2017 he went through a ton more injuries but actually played and played well in September and October in the playoffs for the Yankees. And then 2018 everyone was was saying this is it this left-handed hitter in between Judge, Sanchez, Stanton. It's perfect. He's the perfect middle guy between those hitters. Yep. And it was just a lost year. Another lost year for Bird. Yeah, and after he shows us, you know, the the Greg Bird of spring training, the the yearly showcase of his abilities, Mr. of the March. potential of his abilities, then we have, you know, the disappointment that, that ensues afterwards every single time. So, um, yeah, I, I can't even talk about potential with him anymore because for me, potential is him stepping foot on the field and staying there. Like he's got potential to to be healthy, maybe. People, there was still a little bit of. Um bird fans out there maybe just sean <laughs> maybe just sean in our group is the biggest uh, greg bird fan. you know when but. you see him go down to dominican and by the way he stunk it up in the dominican republic too but when you see him go down there and you see <laughs> the a mullet you see the mullet you see like the you know the mustache i'm like okay you know maybe maybe we've gotten an it's edge bizarro greg bird maybe greg bird has come out yeah and and has has become like the the, the badass guy he's like he's 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 put the yankee jacket on a la Costanza, and he feels like you know the the badass Costanza coming out and like not get taking shit from anybody, uh, you know, just just being confident with his words, being confident with his abilities, and you're seeing a little bit of that. You know, maybe we see that that Ricky Vaughn type thing coming in to spring training. Because I said if I see you, Greg Bird walk into spring training this year healthy with that that like weird mullet in the back that's like kind of shaved and kind of zigzagged and a mustache, I'm back on. I'm back on because you know what? To me that. That what that symbolizes is a mental state change, and we didn't get it. He shaved it yeah. off, got got rid of the mustache again, and went back to Greg Bird, and they released him. Well, they didn't I release think him. They DFA'd him. He still got a potential to come back. You said you'd be back on Bird, and I think the moment we're going to play a quote from Bird. Here. I was kind of joking, in all honesty, but it would be give me a little, a little something to to dig my heels into. But I think the moment that Greg Bird lost a lot of fans was August 16th after August 16th loss to Tampa a 3 to 1 loss in 2018. We'll play the quote right now. Their frustration on your end there hasn't been the consistency this season. Um yeah, I mean yeah, I, I would say so, but um I told them I'm I'm just proud to be playing to be completely honest. I'm I'm proud to be putting on this uniform every day and going out and playing. Um it's the most games I've ever played in a season. So, um I kind of look at it like that and that kind of keeps me going. Could you internalize the pressure when, when things aren't going well? So you get a big knock in a big spot like that? Um, I wouldn't say internalize the pressure. It's I got out. Um, I'll probably have, I don't know, five, six, seven thousand more chances. So um, I'm pretty happy about that. You just heard it. I'm going to have five, six, seven thousand more chances well he ended up with 90 more chances 90 more plate appearances after that for the yankees he slashed 150 244 300 for a 48 wrc plus just a slight smidgen shy of the five six seven thousand more plate appearances but that was a loss in which the yankees i wrote a blog about this and i outlined the situation so the yankees lost three to one to tampa 
They were shut down by Blake Snell in the Tampa bullpen all day. They loaded the bases with nobody out against Sergio Romo in the ninth inning, down two runs. Greg Bird, they the um, the Rays make a pitching change, so a new guy's coming in. Greg Bird is coming up to the plate, bases loaded, nobody out. He pops up the first pitch to foul territory, and then just the like next a lazy, two- lazy, horrible <clears throat> pop fly that was just horrible, a, a nothing, a nothing swing, and a nothing result. And I'm not saying that's the it's a hundred percent his fault for the Yankees losing the game because the next two batters. Brett Gardner and Austin Romine struck out, so they could have easily just gotten a base hit, and it's all it's all forgotten. But it was really those comments we just played after the game where he's talking about, I'm just happy to I'm be happy out to be there. Here. I'm happy to be in that situation. I'm, I'm happy to be here for the opportunity to help my team. And you know what? I didn't come through. But guess what? Not one, not two, not three. I'm going to have 9,054 more chances for that opportunity to come through again, and I'm going to be the Greg Bird that everybody wants me to be. Maybe, but if I'm not... You know what? I'm wearing the pinstripes. I'm happy. I'm actually down in Tampa. I'm wearing the, the road grays. I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here. This is, this is this is a dream. To step on the field, it's a dream. And maybe I won't step on the field again. Maybe I will, but maybe I won't. But it's a dream. Yeah. This is a bullshit quote. You lo- he lost me there. I was I was. But it was very Greg accurate Bird. to who he is, is it not? Is it not more telling about the the mental the uh the mental attitude of him? I'm not even gonna say it's it's like it's very chill, very laid back, way too laid back, not competitive, not going out there and saying, you know what, I am going to bust my ass. I'm mad. There's no accountability internally. This is almost like the similar to like the Sunny Gray stuff where I'm just, you know what, I, I don't know. I'm going to go out there and I felt good. And, you know, just, just, I don't even say want, say to own it because I don't want you to just give me lip service. I want you to own it. I want you to get frustrated and mad that you didn't come through. And you know what? Well, I'm not gonna, everybody has to be Paul O'Neill when you strike out. I'm gonna work my ass off until I get back because it's a privilege. It's not, I'm not lucky. This isn't this isn't great. I'm not fortunate. It's a privilege to put this uniform on and to play every single day. So because of all the other guys that couldn't make it to this point, I'm gonna bust my ass because I was given the opportunity and I'm given multiple opportunities. Let's go. I'm going to bust my ass. But no, I'm happy to be here. And I'm going to go and just, uh, just you know, do whatever I got to do to stay on, in the uniform. These quotes, what they told me is that he couldn't even believe he was out there because he's always injured. He's like, wow, I'm actually, I'm shocked by this. Like, I'm, I'm out there, guys. Like, yeah. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't roll an ankle out there. Aren't you proud of me? High fives. He was, he was, <laughs> there was a high five left up there, too. And then five, six, th- 7,000 more chances. He's like, I, I could... I could go get injured, and the Yankees are going to keep rolling me out there. They're going to keep giving me chances. I'm going to have all these chances, no matter what I do with this team. They're just going to keep giving me chances. I'll have 6,000 more chances, even, it t- even if it takes me till I'm 100 years old, because I can only get out there for 25 games a year. I'm going to get 6,000 more chances. Nope, you're going to get 90, and you're going to get DFA'd, jackass. That's the thing. He's looking forward to everything else that's in the future, and nothing is guaranteed. This guy felt like opportunities were guaranteed to him at some point, almost like an entitlement that, yes, he's going to have those opportunities, but you didn't. And, and, and you know, whether it's just bad luck and your body wasn't cooperating or you, there was a, a part of it that was, you know, you're not taking care of your body or whatever it may be. I don't know the, the extent of the injuries, how they occurred, why they occurred. But you know what? Taking tomorrow and, and and acting like it's going to happen and it's inevitable is a bad attitude to take as a professional athlete. Especially when you just popped up in the ninth inning with bases loaded and nobody out and your team lost the game. Absolutely. And hey, Greg Bird might go to another team and he might he might do well. I, I could envision a scenario where he actually stays on the field and does well, can't you? 
Well, no, because I can't envision the first part of that scenario. Him staying no, on I'm the field. M- maybe I misspoke. If he stays on the field, I can envision a scenario in which he does well. Again, and people will these be are, pissed this off. Is, this is all just back on the um, uh, on the potential side of what Greg Bird. I don't care anymore. I just don't care. It's it's yeah. it's not unless he. Well, unless, no, at this point, there's there's no there's no point in caring about Greg Bird. Unless he unless he clears waivers, doesn't get traded, and is back at spring training, and back on, on this team trying to prove himself. I'm not caring, and I'm I'm barely caring then. But at least then, if he can prove to 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 do something, like he's got the potential to do with the Yankees. If he's gone, I'm done. I'm done. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. And these roster moves were made. We kind of glossed over what the Yankees actually did with these roster moves. They added Estevan Florial, Deve Garcia, Luis Gill, Brooks Kriske, Luis Medina, Nick Nelson, Miguel Yahur. Yahuri? How do you y- say that? Yahur. Yahur. I believe. Um, they added them to the 40-man roster and obviously released Ellsbury, Bird, and DFA Bird, and Nestor Cortez Jr. So these guys that they added are per- – they're – added for the protection in the rule five draft they wanted to get him on the the 40-man roster so they couldn't be claimed obviously everyone knows who Devin garcia and esteban floreal is we've talked about them a million times but these other guys are lesser known pitchers in the organization in lower levels of the organization nelson he ended the season at scranton last year after spending a lot of time in trenton yahor started in tampa moved up to trenton last year Krisky was a relief pitcher mostly in Trenton last year. These are guys the Yankees have eyes in the next, say, two to three years at being on the major league level, helping them in some form or fashion. A lot of these guys they added, all of them, except Florial, were pitching. Yeah, and then you see the, you know, the Luis Gills, uh, Medinas of the world, and, and these guys are, th- these are the ones that you're looking at as like those second-tier prospects that could potentially be packaged um, that have a lot of ability. Some of these uh, Medina is a, is one of the guys they really like a lot. It's, it's, has been um, a big name for a while, and uh, you know has had location issues. So these are guys that they're that they obviously high on. Yohor, I think is one of the one of the um, guys to keep an eye on. We were we saw him really excel last year in Tampa, and then get the call up. Um, but he's a guy I got my eye on. Uh, they I think there's. Uh, people just increasing their their ravings about him, um, and then obviously Debbie Garcia is a guy that looked flew through the absolutely flew through the organization, um, came up to Scranton, struggled in the beginning, but then showed real progression and and showed that he can that he can pitch there. I'm excited about him if he's on this team and he doesn't you know get traded in some kind of a package that, that Cashman puts together. I really do think that he could be an impact guy because. Uh, the fact that he's made those adjustments on every level and um, and and has, has proved that he can improve on on certain things that he was struggling on really to me is a good sign. Um, and he seems like a gamer, man. He just seems like he's got the moxie of a of a guy. Wow. How do you know? Because just looking at, I mean, we saw him in the um, in the game? futures game, and just from everything I've seen, interviews, just from and, and scouting reports about him, the makeup's there. Like you see a kid that has that killer instinct, and I love that. Okay, so this. Story. This you don't nugget, believe. You don't believe that that's a thing. That's not true. I just don't. I, I don't know how you could possibly tell at this point. You see him competing on on one, two, three different levels in the organization. There are guys okay. watching him every day who 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 look at that and and are reporting back saying that he's got that that type of instinct. These are also guys that have seen Severino come through the. They they've seen all the guys Judge Sanchez, everybody who has come through. These guys have laid talent eyes on talent of the guys who have come up and has had success eyes, in the pros. eyes on talent eyes on talent baby got eyes on talent. So this, I, I like hearing it. It's better than not hearing it. <laughs> I'll give you that, okay? We can agree there. Larry Rothschild. So this nugget was put in a Mets blog by, I think it was Andy Martino, 
So this was talking about the Mets pitching coach. But this paragraph was in there. The Yankees exposed Rothschild to these new tools. The tools that he was talking about were high-speed cameras that give real-time data on depth, spin rates, and spin axis. So Rothschild was exposed to these tools, and the results were mixed at best. The team had to go around its pitching coach to help James Paxton throw more curveballs last year and save his season, according to sources. That right there is the number one reason the Yankees moved on from Larry Rothschild. So what that tells me is that this was a guy that wasn't necessarily rejecting the technology as something that could be useful. Wasn't necessarily saying that, um, you know, wasn't using it, but at the same time, he had no idea how to use it. Not capable. Or, Or deciphering that type of information and then implementing it and communicating it to a, a, a well enough uh, degree that the person who's receiving this information can now absorb it, apply it, and then see results and, and actually feel results and and see what they're what they're talking about. So that is a they tested it's a big deal. They tested them. So that kind of actually tells me the Yankees were not so sold yet on moving on from Larry Rothschild. Right? Larry Rothschild could have been the pitching coach in 2020. Had he done well with this technology, they gave him the opportunity. Maybe it was. I don't necessarily think it's a, it's you know looking at it as a test. It's just like this is now available. We yeah. should be using. But what it. if he? What if he took the data and took the the tools and was great and implemented and yeah. saved Paxton's season? Oh, different story. I mean, yeah, for sure, it's yeah. a different story. So it was a test. I mean, I guess it's just. I'm not necessarily saying like they they put him to a test. I'm saying it's just part of what baseball is now, yeah. and he's either you know adapting it or not. Like I don't think it's, test the, is it's the, right the direction way. that they want to go. Exactly, it's the direction they want to go. And Larry Rothschild, they didn't think is going to be capable of leading him in that direction. Clearly, yes. he wasn't. He was not. He was not doing it to the um to the level of of where they wanted to the in depthness of the um of the direction where the Yankees were. And you know that these guys now had uh, all year long had a, a different eyes watching everybody, seeing how they react, seeing how they put out. Eyes on spin rate, eyes, eyes on, on talent, spin rate. eyes on spin rate, eyes on eyes coaching, on, eyes, eyes everywhere. On camera. Oh, no, that's just the Astros. The, they had everything. So they were looking and making sure that, that all these you know, new protocols and, and the way that the software is supposed to be used and that the cameras are being used and digested is according to new processes. And I just don't think that was happening. So we'll Had be, to go around its pitching coach. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. That's a protocol change right there. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a big thing. He must have seen the writing on the wall then. I'm right? sure he did. If you're in a job and your you boss you goes... you can't ad- adapt to the new technology, then yes. Your boss is used... Every, every day you get work from your boss and then all of a sudden one day your subordinate, the guy below you, is getting the work you used to get or someone else outside the organization. Oh, no, we're going to bring in an outside helper. We're going to bring in... A, we're going to hire a contract uh, contractor to, to, to handle this project for the next two weeks. You better start updating your resume. He's uh, this is Larry Rothschild being introduced to email and looking at it and be like, eh, I'm going to send these postcards out. It's a fad. The Internet's a fad. This is not going to stick. This is definitely not going to stick. I'm about to handwrite, you know, 50, uh, 50 recruitment (laughs) letters and send them out snail mail. Yeah. So do you are you buying this? Speaking of technology, this Astros uh, reports from Joel Sherman. The Astros could have been relaying signals using electronic buzzers or bandages this season. And there's been some inter- uh, pictures on the internet floating around. Nothing conclusive, just like zoomed in, blown up, fuzzy images of 
things on batting gloves, things on wrists. On bats. I mean, I remember when it happened when we were watching the games and um, and, and a sticker came off. And, you know, at the time, everybody was looking at it as one of those certification stickers for the bat itself. It was just a strange it was a strange uh, scenario. I've never really seen that happen. So I think it got dismissed a little bit at that point. But going back, you can see. Um, that it was something a little different. Yeah, I mean, look, this is exactly what I said when when this came out. If these guys have gone pa- to this line and they are uh, banging trash cans and cheating in that way, then yes, they are probably going to get better at, at at relaying these signs. Once that goes away, now you've already crossed the line. Now you're already there. You're already living in this space. So why not get better at it? And you're, I think you're that's living exactly in the muck. Happened. Just go. But why would you even bother with the trash cans if you have these buzzers? Because they didn't like, have them yet. That's what I think. Maybe, I think. I think the this buzzers, is a progression. The of, buzzers of are happening. a much more efficient and much more discreet way, way to, to go cheat. about this. Yeah. yeah, that's a smart way to cheat. The trash can's a dumb way to cheat. Yeah. So I mean, the trash can again. Like I, I still think it's one of those like you know cheating, doing things in in the in the wide open space, in front of everybody. Maybe the trash cans were like a diversion. Even though there's a lot of video evidence to, to support that the trash can bangs correspond to the pitches coming. But maybe then they start, once they started implementing these buzzers, they start banging trash cans whistling. and whistling, whistling and doing things to create a diversion. Kind of what we talked about in the playoffs where Alex Bregman does jumping jacks on first base. That's a diversion. Meanwhile, he's got a buzzer attached to his nipple. Maybe maybe that's why he's doing jumping jacks because it's short wired uh, yeah. and he's getting electrocuted, you know, with the, and he can't say anything because he's getting yeah. electrocuted by the buzzer. Yeah. Uh, and he's acting like an idiot. He's like, guys, I'm getting electric. I'm getting electrocuted. Stop. I'm getting my head, Ow. my head, my Ow. head. I'm getting electrocuted. There's a hole burned in his Jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like when you go down those lines of, of, of cheating and you, you cross that, that moral code of whatever it is, the gray area. Now you're no longer in the gray. You're significantly beyond the gray. Might as well get better at it. You've, it's yeah. already been an organizational de- uh, decision at this point. Well, what the buzzers can do is open you up to cheating outside of home stadiums. I mean, I guess you still need the camera in place. But if the you can... The camera's the critical point. Well, no, but you can have guys in center field. You can have guys with binoculars. You can have guys with... Yeah. Other things. It definitely opens because it up the, for the emails, cheating. the emails that um, were reported being sent to all the Astros scouts were steal signs from the from the stance to take binoculars, and a scout can take binoculars, right? Yep. A scout goes into the stadium, and he he can have binoculars because he needs binoculars. Well, a fan but, a fan can too. Anybody? I mean, who knows? Maybe they're paying Joe Schmo off the street. Oh, are they? Yeah, I guess binoculars yeah, are totally allowed, right? You can have binoculars. So you, instead of the binoculars. They're just pointing at the catcher's crotch, looking for the looking for the signals. Dude, it would be so easy to bring in one of those cameras. They're small. They're not like big big cameras. You can. And bring did in- you hear these apps that were, they also may have been using to decipher signs? No, I saw so, something about that. I don't know the. I don't know specifically about the apps though. Like, so the app is basically you put in whatever it it deciphers codes for you. Right. So you put in the sign and then the result. And then after it gets enough data, it tells you what the answer is, right? One, curveball. Two, fastball. Three, slider. And then as if the, even if it changes, well, it's eventually going to pick up what the pattern is. It's it's artificial intelligence. So they're using they, you plug it into your phone. It's a phone app. You plug it in, and That's then wild. once it spits out the results by the fourth or the fifth inning, you start buzzing Bregman on his nutsack. Ow! It, it, <laughs> This cup much. vibrates too much. It's uh, what's the safe word? The um, 
you know, I don't know, man. Like it, it does not surprise me to, to uh, at all that they have, uh, that there's rumors now that there's buzzers and all things. Like you look at the, uh, Dom had a video out of the tape, um, around the, the wrists, like a lot of the guys had it. So who knows what's under that tape. It's just a lot of things, man. There's just too much of a smoking gun here for it not to be actually what's happening. And, and yeah, and they had and I more hope stuff surface from the World Series video, which is hilarious. It's crazy, yeah. And there's, there's, you know, well, an d- infinite you know what amount is, of detectives on this case right now. So everything that's out there is going to be found. What I questioned in the article I wrote this week when more footage came out is that sanctioned MLB employees were in there taking this video for the MLB dvd for the world series video right so no they have all no this well, it's it's yes. from the network probably it's from it's sanctioned yeah it's sanctioned but it's it's not directly um connected to mlb like well HQ. okay no but it's do you MLB think along the lines media, somewhere probably. do you think anywhere along the lines someone said hey the astros in their tunnel have some weird stuff going on we've seen enough to know there's some weird stuff going on in this tunnel. Do you think someone... Are we checking brought, bank accounts? I, I feel like, are we checking bank accounts? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm saying I'm checking bank accounts, but who who just squashed it? Eventually, I think it had to have been raised. There's no way it couldn't have been raised because even maybe not during the World Series, but when they're going through all this footage to create the World Series video, there's all this extra raw footage that is there. You go through it. I don't know if the Astros had final say, or what? But no, I, I mean it's it's it's. Uh, I think that video was put out by MLB Network or the the people at MLB Network Studios. So Pretty did sure. the Astros have any say? I have no idea. I have no idea what the who who says what. MLB Advanced Media is con- all controlling most likely about a lot of that. I don't know the process of how it's edited down and cut and where that footage goes. But yeah, check bank accounts because someone was paid off. Maybe <laughs> that's from yeah. check the paper trail. It goes to the top. Go, I tell you. It goes to the bottom. Goes to the bottom. Go check out the uh, the, the guys like Dom or cutting video. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, we have one mailbag question. It's from Sean. Derek Jeter's Hall of Fame candidacy seems to have created infighting among Yankees Twitter. We talked about this earlier with the with the Twitter submission of the week. Infighting amongst Yankees Twitter pertaining to his defense. The facts are, since DRS the DRS stat was tracked, Jeter compiled minus one hundred fifty two at shortstop. His UZR is not much more favorable as he had as he as he's rated at minus sixty six point one. I was wondering how you guys feel about A Rod and whether he should have been the Yankees shortstop after being traded there. And more importantly, did the Yankees make a mistake and potentially cost themselves another championship or two by trotting out Jeter at short into his forties? A couple things I want to talk about. We'll answer Sean's question, but also Jeter is on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. And this has opened up the opportunity for moron people to start talking about how he's overrated to get clicks on their website. Yes. I feel like that happens every year. MLB offseason is slow. Free agents aren't being signed. Let me take down the number one guy on the Hall of Fame ballot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's people have been doing that for years with Jeter, though. I mean, they'll, they'll talk about his defense all the time. And they'll talk about uh, all these all these things that that are not, you know, why, why he was so dominant and so good. Um which there aren't very many of them, but people will find and, and they'll look for them. And as uh, as as we have noted this this week too, JJ put up a blog about his off the field presence as well, which was iconic. So the fact that this yeah, guy, but that doesn't factor into the Hall of Fame, but or maybe it does. maybe it does. Character is a clause on the on the Hall of Fame. Book. Yeah, and je- maybe jealousy does too. Maybe there will be a guy 
He will not get 100%. I see no. in the notes here you say, will he get 100%? No, he will not yeah. get 100%. And probably, just for, for no other reason also, jealousy. There may be someone out there who was affected by uh, by his off-the-field prowess. Well, or I maybe think... there was a guy that was, you know what? You know, he doesn't deserve 100% because he got pretty much 100% of every every everybody, every woman in the off the field that he ever wanted. He, he, he's, he's been that guy. He's been the, uh, you know, the guy off the field that, that has had like the impeccable um, dating record from, from every guy's point of view. So I'm We've not talked about the vote. Hall of Fame so much on this show and how they find out anything, any reason. It's a flawed process because is a guy a Hall of Famer or not? What does it matter if he gets 100%, 90%, 80%? He's a Hall of Famer. Right. Is Derek Jeter a Hall of Famer? Yes. And if you argue otherwise, I think you're stupid. Right. But he is not in the same category as Mariano Rivera in the sense that Jeter was not is not the greatest shortstop to ever live. Correct. Jeter was not even the greatest player of his era. Mariano Rivera was unequivocally the greatest closer of not only his era, but in the history of baseball. So he got 100% for that reason, I believe. Whereas Jeter will get like 94% of the vote because there'll be people that say, well, he wasn't the best then and he wasn't good here and his defense was bad, blah, 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 blah. Fact of the matter is he's a Hall of Famer. No one should deny that, but he's not going to get 100%. So let's go to the other side of that. Do you think that there's a, a scenario now that precedent has been broken? Mariano has gotten the 100%. Yeah. And because of because of that reason alone, I think a lot of baseball writers or some baseball writers, the, maybe the more old school guys, would not give a guy a vote because of that. They just believe that nobody should get 100%. But now that's out the window. It's gone. It's done. Are we going to get more guys that are, are 100%? I mean, like you would, logic tells you that that could happen. So I, the guys who are not going to vote for Jeter now are not the old school baseball writers. They're the new Oh, nerds. yeah, yeah, the nerds. You're right. God damn that's nerds. who's not voting for Jeter. Old school guys are going to vote for Jeter. Five World Series rings, captain, th- over 300 batting average in the playoffs, the most hits in the playoffs clutch ever. Moment after, clutch, all, moment clutch moment after clutch moment after Mr. November, all that great stuff, the flip play, all that great stuff. Old guys are going to vote for Jeter. New nerds aren't going to vote for Jeter. Yeah, maybe. And yes, I think Mariano Rivera has opened – it's tough to tell because we haven't had a vote since then. Maybe we're going to look back in 20 years and be like, oh, that's the one guy and no one's ever going to be in Mariano's class. I'm weird like that. But I think in theory, yes, it should open up for more guys to get 100%. Say in a world Mariano Rivera was on the ballot before Ken Griffey Jr. Say Ken Griffey Jr. was on the ballot this year for the first time. I think, I think, I think he, would he would get would 100%. Go, I think so too. Because think, what what kind we said this when we talked about this when Griffey got ninety nine point something percent, what kind of jackass asshole? But that's the, but that's the thing wouldn't like, vote it, for Ken Griffey Jr. You don't even need the precedent for him at that point for looking at the. Logic, I agree. You shouldn't have looking at the it. logic of is this guy a Hall of Famer or not? And you say no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Like that's how that's how it has to happen. That's how the decision process has to go down. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> There's no more. 100%. Okay, then I take away your vote. Yeah, I take away your right to yeah. vote for the Hall of Fame because you clearly don't know anything you're about a baseball. Yes, so that's the reason. And there's obviously other reasons that you're now putting into play that have nothing to do with his baseball career, and that's and that's not right. So yeah, no, and I don't even think it's anything to do with his. Ba- it's just because there's some weird politics going on. That's my point. Where guys, it's the voting, clear. the whole the there's a flaw in the ballot too, where you can only vote for ten guys, right? So if there's 11 good candidates, right? And let's play this out. There's 11 good candidates, and Ken Griffey Jr. is one of them. 
Mr. Baseball writer from Texas knows Ken Griffey Jr. is going to get in the Hall of Fame no matter what. I'm not going to use one of my 10 slots on Ken Griffey Jr. because I want to vote for whoever else is down the the line to stay on the ballot, which is stupid. It shouldn't be a no. But that's a process. Be, that's that's part of the Hall of Fame process that's broken and flawed. That's a broken, flawed system. If, if, if you're Absolutely. using that as a as a writer, that logic as a writer, part of, I mean, like, you could probably make an argument for that a little bit. There's something about that because of the way that the system is in place. There Fixed could the be an argument to say, yes, this is why I'm doing this because I believe wholeheartedly that this guy is a Hall of Famer, but I he I know he needs more time to campaign for that and for me to convince him. So because of that, I know X player is getting in, and now because this guy is going to be gone off the ballot, no more zero more chances. I have to put to try to get him back on so that he can uh, continue the fight to get on. It's not going to change what Griffey does either way. Right. So Griffey's I see going to get ninety nine. Instead of, of Griffey it, getting ninety nine point eight, he gets ninety nine point seven percent of the vote. I see that side of it. It's not right because no, of wrong. the system. So to answer Sean's question about Jeter and should the Yankees have not played him at shortstop after G- after A-Rod and should they have not played him at shortstop into his 40s? I think that, no, they should probably not have played him at shortstop when he was 40 and 41 years old. He was a bad shortstop at that point. But I we've, we have done a whole podcast on this before. It would not have worked if you traded for A-Rod and then moved Derek Jeter. Would not have worked. No, no. This was this was Derek Jeter's team that was happening that way. A Rod knew it. Uh, there was uh, there was there was just no doubt about that. You can't you cannot you just cannot do that. You can't make that move at that point unless um, Jeter was completely behind it, and he wasn't. So uh, no. that's he the, wasn't in he wasn't when he wasn't was thirty eight years old. Never mind when he was. It wasn't 30, in the realm of he was when he traded when they traded for A Rod in two thousand four. He was in his early thirties. It wasn't in the realm of 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 in existence for anybody's consideration, especially uh, Derek Jeter. So. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was, and yeah, they did. They trot him out there probably a little too long at shortstop. Yes, that's most likely what happened. But I also think that the injury probably uh, lengthened his career uh, another year more than it would have been normally. And I think the injury changed oh. things as well. The the um, the ankle. ankle, and the fact that um, you know they wanted to give him his due. They wanted to make sure that he was able out on his on his own uh, on his own accord. Maddie is like screaming at me to leave this room. Hold on a second. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up anyway. We've got some Ellsbury voicemails to to get to as well. Those should be fun. I can't, Scott. I cannot wait to hear those Ellsbury voicemails. I was talking while you were having Maddie out of the room. Yeah, so I haven't even listened to them yet. Uh, it's it, they're, they're I'm sure going to be pretty much good. Any any last words on Jeter on anything we talked about before we wrap up? No, man, I'm just excited. I, I think it's going to be a, a fun... Uh, it'll be interesting because now he's part of the Marlins organization, so I think that part of it's kind of like weird. Sold the Players' Tribune? Sold the... Yeah, but he's still involved. He just sold the... the he sold the... Uh, he got money. He got paid for it. He, it was an exit, but he's still on the board of You know of what? Directors. Good for Jeter. I think he was struggling financially. Yeah. Like, that was, like, we, like, everybody didn't see this as the play from the beginning of that thing in the first place. Obviously, he's trying to build this up so that he could sell it and become more of his empire. Yes. <clears throat> clearly, that was the plan anyway. Um, it worked. Good for him. Yes. Does he still have Jeter Publishing? He, well, he has a publishing company. No, I know. Yeah. Is it called Jeter Publishing? I think it it is called Jeter Publishing. Jeter Publishing. He's got children's books. Children's books, yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I have uh, the majority of them sitting in in Kemp's room. (laughs) Nice. All right, we're going to get to the Ellsbury voicemails. If you guys want to call it the voicemail line for the future, 646-480-0342. Submit your mailbag questions. Tweet us. 
You'll be featured as, we're going to start doing this, mailbag or listener submission, whether it's a tweet, a DM, whatever it is of the week. Today's winner, winner, uh, today's was Evan Pareka, Paracia. I don't know how to say it. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. You butcher names. Nothing new there. What's his Twitter handle? I already said it. At E-Z-E underscore Van. There you go. His his was the the uh, the submission winner of the week. All right, that's gonna do it for this. Everyone, happy thanks. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Short work week, which is gonna be good. And keep an eye out for keep an eye out for a Black Friday deals. We're gonna have uh, this week. You have a ton of new stuff. We got some uh, some very good ugly sweaters. So if if you are looking for them for the party, hold on to your hold on to your pennies for uh, another day or two because they're gonna be up and there's some doozies in there. So. Um, new stuff out there. We're going to be at sales pretty much all week and, uh, you know, into the first week of December. So lots of good stuff going up in the fan shop too. Sweet. Talk to you next week. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. May we have a moment of silence for the releasing of Jacoby Ellsbury. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> Peace out, you prick. <laughs> oh, and Greg Berg, resurgent bandwagon. Um, we never have to hear from you again. Bye-bye. <laughs> November 20th. 2019 will forever live in infamy. This is a great day for Yankee fans. Everybody should be smiling with joy. We have gotten the rat out of New York City. The spy sent from Massachusetts to sabotage the team has finally been evicted from the Bronx. He is gone. He is no more. He will never don pinstripes again. And we should all be extremely grateful for today. Thank you, Brian Cashman. The city of New York thanks you. Carl D'Angelo from Brooklyn. Uh, I'm calling uh, to talk about Jacoby Ellsbury. Jesus loves the Yankees. That's all I have to say about that. And then I'm just starting to think of uh, that episode of The Office, Do Goodbye Toby. You could just simply replace Toby with Jacoby. You have my singing. Goodbye, Jacoby. It's a nice, hopey song, Okay, I'm done. All right. Oh, yeah, Keith, all right? 2020 is going to be our year. All right? Thank you. Bye. In the wise words of Woody from Toy Story, well, good riddance, you loony. Bye-bye, Jacoby. You made my one of my friends cry who was a Red Sox fan when you signed with the Yankees, and then you made the entire Yankees universe cry when you sucked. Goodbye. Won't miss you. Thank God 22 is free again. Let's go, Yankees. Jacoby Ellsbury's gone? Jacoby Ellsbury's gone! Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.